0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Michael Maher, welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so we've got C.C. Sabathia coming up at 1140, which will be awesome. Uh, and we're going to get back to these Nick calls, 877-337-6666. You know, I don't want to sound the alarm. I don't think it's a huge deal, and we'll ask CeCe about this, but with Cortez, with the hamstring injury, Mm -hmm. you know, if you told me he was getting shut down at the WBC because of the innings limits, which the Yankees will obviously have to navigate as they continue to build Mm -hmm. him up, uh, that's one thing, but he had a lower extremity injury a year ago, and now here we are. You know, it's grade two strain, hammy not not yeah, ideal. Which is We're odd. It's a
2: little bit odd. It's the off season. I'm like, what are you training to be a track star? Like, like why do you have a hamstring injury? I always, it. I don't know. I, I get this. You know, un, football players, I can see why you have a hammy. Right, you're just not used to the volume of running and cutting
1: and changing a direction. But a baseball pitcher. How are you hurting your hamstring? I mean, unless you're covering first base and you know, or you're doing something where you have yeah, to like but, a dead sprint on a bump. How, today. But, I, I hear
2: you. But how like unprepared uh, were you <laughs> physically to like jump off the mound and go cover first base? And I don't even, even know that that's what happened. That's no, true. Him. Actually, true. what I
1: heard was he felt a little twinge and then he went to pick something up and as he bent well, down the hamstring. I mean, that's what that's what I deal with. Yoga. Exactly. He's a pitcher? As an old man, that's what we deal with. Yeah, for sure. Uh so I want to get some thoughts on, on nasty with CC a little later, in addition to uh who's got the most pressure out there in the Bronx? I've got I've got my eye on somebody, uh, but CC coming up this hour. Guy thing, not a guy thing as well. Uh that is at twelve forty. All right, let's get to how about Maddie how about, that's Alex East Quag. What up, Alex? How are you?
3: Hey guys, how you doing? Hey. What's up, dude? All right, Brandon, I'm calm today. Let me just give you a couple of, of uh, facts about uh, why I believe the Knicks are not obviously not going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, but why they have a bigger problem going forward. And you know it revolves around Tits. Let me give you his, his mm. um, career numbers. During the regular season, his winning percentage is 570. Phenomenal. During the playoffs.
1: He's 25 and 36. I know the numbers. Yep. Mm.
3: That's a winning percentage of 4 Why? And okay. this goes to why Diki um, said uh, the Knicks somehow have a lot of problems with Toronto. Toronto consistently throws a double team at um, Randall and throws out the zone. And if you read the local sports writers, they consistently say, why do the Knicks still have a problem with the zone? It's because Thibodeau does not, is inflexible. He doesn't adapt. And that's why his playoff record is so dismal. That's why they went in. That's why Atlanta blew them out in the first round. Also because obviously that they didn't have Brunson, but they also, uh, you know, uh, Randall was running on fumes, which goes again to to another problem. When you get to the playoffs, if the, the going forward to the future, if they get into the playoffs this year, if they go into round one, you say, okay, they made the playoffs. Okay, good. If they go into round two. Everybody goes crazy, even if they get blown out. And that means that Tibbs is going to be here longer. I am being calm about this. Go ahead. Keeping, keeping Tibbs around longer is an, going to be an ongoing problem. He only has so much to give, and that's his intensity that he gives you and the defensive, other thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. His playoff record is what it is because when you play the same team, five or six or seven times, yep. the other coaches will make will adapt yep. to what you do, and Tibbs does not adapt. All right, okay. That's, Cal- all Cal- I, that's Alex, what I want to say.
1: You know, I got counterpoint, by the way. Uh, I okay. got gotcha. you. I, I know what the record is, but I don't know how much you can piece together a, a winning game plan in terms of an adjustment when you're rolling out guys like Alex Burks or New Orleans Noel, mm-hmm. as they did against Atlanta. The disparity of talent in that series was ridiculous. Yeah, but it's- you lost Derrick Rose years ago. You may want a championship. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame coach or a championship winning coach, but there are circumstances that have led to a 25 and 36 playoff record. Yeah, but this I also
2: fine. But Alex also has a has a point. Like it, at at some at some juncture, you got to make it easy for your players, and that's by the plays that you call. And you see this mostly in other sports, you know, I'm, like football. I will keep coming back to it because it, it, you depend on a play to get forward yardage and potentially score a touchdown. Basketball, you do as well. It's just happening faster. And I think part of the challenge for this Knicks team is they, you know, not the one-offs, you know, regular season, who cares really? But once if when you get to the postseason, Alex is right, right? You see it one or two times. You may win a game, but all of a sudden the opposing coach is going to come back with something different. And if you don't have the 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 reaction to their reaction, you you get stuck. Right? Yeah, you know, I, I, mean, I, I know what you're saying. Like and the double teams are per, are a perfect example.
1: Mm, a perfect example. It's not football, the, man. I understand that. Point but of the, Dart has the ball, you run okay. your sets. You run the same sets you ran in the regular season. It's the bottom line. I, I, Let's not overthink I, it. I agree. Basketball's but different. when you
2: need a bucket, you gotta be able to dial something up that you know is going to work. And the double teams that Alex was talking about are, are it's the it's the prime example. Jalen Brunson, he can beat the double team. You know why? Because he can shoot. Right, he just he sees it coming. He just shoots. Right, or you know, he gets it off to somebody else. He's a good point guard as well. But if you can't have those multiple options on what to do when a double team is coming, you kind of get stuck. You get stuck in a corner. You get stuck holding the holding the ball. You try to bounce, you know dribble your way around it. And that's what um, that's what uh, 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 you know th- a lot of these guys on this team get caught in. And so I think tips can help them. But I don't know if Tibbs has the ability to help them. That's that's what he's saying. That's mm-hmm. that's all he's saying. Julius yes. Randle, you know, for all of last year, felt like, all right, here comes a double team. All right, let me just pound it in the ground some more.
1: Yeah, how's yeah, how's he look this year? With he Jones looks Brunson, great. He looks way. fantastic. Below three turnovers a game. Fantastic. He's in the twos now, fantastic. He's because much, he doesn't because he's a have point to be. Guard. Because, because the he doesn't point. have to be the ball handler. So that should lead to more efficient sets down. The, now, I'm not saying I want Randle taking the last shot. Mm-hmm. He usually doesn't make them. But I don't know. I'm really interested to see because now I laid out some numbers before. So. The Knicks are, are third in field goal percentage allowed. And we're deep enough in the season. That means something. Mm-hmm. It's almost March, okay? I mean, most of the season is in the rearview mirror at this point. Knicks play deep, indisputable. Number two, they protect the ball. Third fewest turnovers. Fourth, pardon me. Uh, fourth fewest turnovers in the NBA. We're deep in the season. That's part of their DNA. That's winning stuff. They have not played with Mitchell Robinson for a while and they have not played a second with Mitchell Robinson and Josh Hart, okay? I am really excited to see when Robinson comes back and catches those four or five dunks that he catches every game, and now all of a sudden you start dropping that second body near him because you have to, watch what happens with somebody like Josh Hart and how it frees it up. Mm. I'm not saying you're beating Tatum and Brown with that, but... I don't know. I I am really enjoying what the Knicks are bringing to the table. And I believe in it, too. I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it. But I also believe it. I think that's the difference, that I believe in it more than most. Mike is in Basking Ridge. What's up, Mike?
4: Hey, BT. You know, for once,
5: I think I'm actually with you on this.
0: (laughs) I can tell
1: you.
5: It's like we've been in the desert as Knicks fans, right, for 25 years. And we finally got product that's fun to watch. And it's because because Brunson plays team basketball, right? These are not. Everyone says it's about superstars, but reality is it's a
3: team sport.
5: The team's got a gel. Now they've got Brunson. Now they bring in Hart, who's another old school hustle guy, who's going to be locked down. Depending on perimeter players, we could go two rounds, no doubt. But you know, let's just enjoy it because it has been horrible as a Nick fan for so long. Mm. This is fun to watch.
2: I think they need to bring in Jay Wright as a
1: consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, it's crazy. Too. Thanks for the call, there, my Jay Wright. You know, and it, you can't help but know, especially last night. Mm-hmm. So you've got, obviously, Hart and Jalen Brunson. You've got Bridges. Yeah. And even Archie Diacono was was just jettisoned out to Portland. Not that he got any burn with the Knicks, but he's in the league. Yeah. What a, I mean, that Villanova team was what is, incredible. What is
2: he doing? I know he they, they have to incredible. A What What is he doing now? Who? Uh, Jay Wright. TV. Just just seen him on TV
1: a bunch. Ah, yeah, I'm sure he's got some oh, other. Oh, that's right. I first, saw
2: but. that. They announced it. CBS, right? Hey, it's with CBS, sure. Mm. So he's likely not. Hey, listen, he's not, he, likely not
1: coming off the uh, the TV set to come coach. I think he will, but I think a guy like Jay, um, you know, Coach K was at the St. John's game the other day because his son plays at NYU. Mm-hmm. So his son had a game on Friday night and and I think Sunday. So. And, uh, you know, coaches is, is very good friends with the St. John's AD, Mike Craig, because Mike was at Duke for 30 years. Yep. So Mike was in the house. And I've heard many times that, you know, Mike could have coached another year or so or, or two or three. He just got so frustrated with the NILs mm. and the transfers. And I don't like – I'm I don't not think, talking about college basketball. I don't man. think Jay Wright's done coaching. Yeah, I'm that's not, where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Jay Wright's done coaching. I do think he might be done coaching college basketball. So
2: you hear a lot of te- you hear a lot of coaches starting to say this now yeah. that the, the NIL is just it's discouraging to them because the whole process that they've known, which is I got to get on the road. I'm going to go sit in this young man's living room, talk to his mom and dad, high school coaches, guidance counselors, whatever. I'm going to grind and tell this kid that this what a university, whatever one it is, is where he needs to be. And now it's like, all right, I can't come with the million dollars in NIL money.
1: I might as well not even apply. Yeah. That's that's basically what it's come down to. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, That's the high-level stuff, of course. You know, take, like, you know, Seton Hall and St. John's aren't dealing with millions. I don't know that Rutgers is basketball-wise either, but, you know, you're definitely talking in certain spots, you know, six figures.
2: Yeah, what was, mean, that? what was that Florida quarterback, that Florida high school quarterback? I forget the number. It was like it was ridiculous. Was it eight million? I want to say it was it was it, it was close to double digit yeah, million yeah, dollars.
1: And I'm like, what on, are we talking man, about, just, man? The kid is 17 years old. It's absolute lunacy. It's pathetic how these grown men and women trip over themselves, yeah. you know, doing you know, placating and doing whatever they have to do to get some kid oh, who's going to raise our profile, who might not even stick around for a year or might not even be as good as you think he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, college basketball is a mess, and so is college football. But I feel like college basketball is worse. What did I hear? I heard the other night, oh, God. Uh, Hop, do me a favor. Can you check how many Division One basketball teams there are? I think it's like 290. I might be off on that. Maybe three. Jaden Rashada, by the way, was his name. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten the name, but I know the story. Yeah, he was. He was. It was nil deals worth thirteen million. No, uh, I shorted him. My bad. Million. How dare I? That was five million light. <laughs> so I, I think there's about three hundred. That's half of what I made in my NFL career. There's, I'm not even joking. 358. <laughs> oh, three hundred fifty-eight. How many? Three hundred and fifty-eight. There's three hundred and fifty-eight Division One college basketball schools. I I feel like I heard the other night on some random game whatever that there were only thirty eight schools that didn't have a player transfer last season, mm. like inordinately low. Just representative of a complete implosion. How do you how do you believe in college basketball yeah, anymore? It's hard, honestly, it's hard. How do you? Uh, let's get Dante East Brunswick. What's going on there, Dante? How are you?
4: Hey, fellas, how we doing? Hey. What's up, man? Uh, BT, I'm with you a thousand percent, man. I think that we've shown over the course of the year, we had our struggles with some late-game stuff early in the year, but I I think that we've shown that we can compete with anybody. We beat the Cavs twice, beat the Sixers twice, beat the Celtics in Boston, beat the Heat, and if you look at it more closely with the Celtics, over the last couple years, we've played them like Probably better than any other team, and that's a struggle with them. We've actually played a a bunch of close games. We had the R.J. Barrett three last year. Yeah, yeah, that first game with opening night, the whole bing bong nonsense. Mm Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just feel like we match up good with them, and I feel like the reason we could beat them. Not saying we will, but that we could is is because Jalen Brunson, man, he's uh he's playing at a level that I don't think a lot of point guards currently are playing at. And if you go into that series, you know, and he's matched up with Marcus Smart, the Celtics have shown they struggle, you know, in in close games, turnovers last year they set the record. you know, playoff record for turnovers as good as Tatum and Brown are. I think that that could be a series where we could, uh, it would definitely be a tight series if, if we even get that far. But I just think there's reason for optimism. I don't think it's crazy to say that we can get there and that we can compete.
1: Ah, here we You know what? Mm. Not the, here we go. It's
4: getting a little bit. Lines getting a little longer. Mm.
1: Lines getting a little longer, Hoff. Here come the converts. <laughs> they just had to have it laid out in a compelling manner. Yeah. Now they know what they've been watching. You know, the, um, Jalen Brunson. He really is an interesting player because you think, you know, especially when we, when we do what we do, we're wrong half the time anyway, but, like, I really thought I had a good sense of who he was as a player. I've said this before. Did games of before his in Before he Nova. came here. You mean. Yeah. yeah. Did games of his in college. Many, right? At least five, I would say. Maybe not, but at least five. Saw him play a lot. Very familiar with his game. Knew he was old school. Not much of a talker, but a leader like his dad. Old school principal. Old school values. So I knew that that would play well in the NBA, right? But I, I don't know that I've ever been that off on assessing how good a player is mm. in a long time. Like, well, I mean, and I've been off on a lot. But isn't Jets it... quarterbacks to name something. <laughs> but Jalen Brunson, the guy's a superstar. But Isn't it
2: likely just the opportunity that he's been given? Because he wasn't re- in Dallas. He wasn't. He didn't have this opportunity. He did when Luca was hurt, he, and we yeah. saw what he did. <laughs> exactly. We saw what he did. So I think maybe. You know, as he grew, because this is his what fourth year, fifth year, whatever whatever it is, he's been out for a couple of years, but really never had a full opportunity to be the man Mm -hmm. Uh, because Luca was there. Even if you're you're starting alongside Luca, which you did a couple of times, the focus is Luca, right? Even if even if you Luca's off guard, you're the focus is still Luca. Like he's getting a chance to truly shine, and he's taking a great advantage of it. And by the way, he wants to be here. I think he understands the importance of. Of being who he is in New York, not a lot of—I don't think a lot of players care that much like that. But I feel like Jalen Brunson cares what it means to be a New York point guard mm. who's getting it done. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, just, like we talk I about like that it. in glowing f- terms all the time. And we're like, yeah, of course you want to come to New York and fill that role. A lot of guys don't. I think he wants to, and he's living up to it. I mean, like you got to know your stage. You got to know what stage you're standing on in order to appreciate the stage you're standing on. And I think Jalen Brunson does that. Very profound. That sounds like a bumper sticker. There, T. No, it's, You've just, it's understand just a reality. The stage, I mean, you you're standing. Haven't on. done it. I mean, you just know. Like you live in New that, York, though. you got to. People, they're gonna care. They're gonna opine. Yeah, they're gonna love you. They're gonna hate you. But you got to embrace it. Yeah, and if you embrace it and you and
1: you do well. It, the glory is there. It's there for the taking. You know what's crazy, too? Because somebody, just to bring a name for the past, like somebody like Stephon Marbury, mm-hmm. who's from here, You know, grew up at Cody Island, Lincoln, all that. So went out to Georgia Tech, obviously, and then Timberwolves and eventually the Knicks, right? Well, even, even the sons of the Nets before that. But yeah. for a guy, for a kid who grew up as a New York playground high school legend, he didn't even embrace mm-hmm. the New York point guard stage and or understand it with the depth and the strength that Brunson does. Yeah. And Brunson's not from here. No. You know, I mean, he's close. Yeah. I mean, he's Philly, same thing, basically. Um, kind of. He so, saw it enough. You know, you know he saw it enough growing up. Yeah, for sure. And Philly's point guards and mm-hmm. Philly's uh, Catholic school history is tremendous as well. You know, in, in his, le- so he's gone for, this is crazy, for- descending order, right? His, some of his games recently, Brunson, 40, 38, <laughs> 30, 25, 21, 41, 37, 26, 29. Oh, that's all? 32, 26, 27. I mean, he's averaging 33 points a game in February. He's shooting 56% from the field, 56% from three, and 61% overall. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you play better. I know he's not above the rim. So for those who need to be intoxicated and enticed uh, with dunks to to really stick with the NBA— I would say, you know what? You can have fun with that. If you're a little bit more of a purist and you love, you know, deft footwork and angles and just leverage and anticipation, Jalen Brunson is your guy at top notch. 877-337-6666. Uh, Tiki and Tierney on the fan. We got CeCe coming up. Half 20 minutes or so. Now he's going to roll in the big man. Uh, So we'll do that at 11.40. Chat with CC Guy thing, not a guy thing at 12.40. More calls coming up. Tiki and Tierney right here on The Fan. Get the discussion started. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. 25 back on the fan. It's Teak and Tierney here. 877-337-6666 is our number. Coming up, CC Sabathia next here will be fun. (coughs) Excuse me, Teak. And uh, CC will be in studio with us. We'll do guy thing, not a guy thing at 1240. But right now, you know, we're just, uh, I've alerted you that the Knicks are going to make the Eastern Conference Finals this year. It's that simple. So you know, it, uh, hopefully you weren't driving and you know kind of lost your <laughs> sensibilities. <off> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that is the message today. These Knicks are are worthy of our energy. They are worthy of some conviction, mm-hmm. and there's varying degrees of conviction. Clearly, you know where mine is. Got a lot of people saying,
2: "What year is it? Really, Eastern Conference Finals?" That's okay, a lot of I, people I, are I step by step a little bit short of that. I do say they are entertaining. I don't have the expectation that they're going to be fantastic but I know that they can win almost any game. That That's really make, that's what makes you feel good as a Knicks fan. Not necessarily that they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals, like this is our year type of thing, but more any any one of these games they can win and let the playoffs take care of themselves when they get there and hopefully they get better along the way.
1: Yeah, the other thing too is we talk so much about, and this really pertained to the Giants, we used the word culture a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks yes. culture is totally different. It feels it's it. It's totally different. Which is different.
2: surprising considering the only... I mean, the big difference is Brunson, right? What's the big change that has happened from the, the Knicks from last year to this year? Now, obviously, it's it's Randall not being a pain in the ass mm-hmm. and combating every opinion about him, every, like every fan opinion about him, all that stuff. I mean, is it that simple? That the rotation, Randall, the rotations changed. I know it's That's changed, definitely but, it's the Bronson, basketball stuff has changed. It's definitely but... the basketball on court. But I'm just saying. Culture. It's less about like action and play. It's more about something that changed within the locker room, and it, maybe it is Brunson. I, I don't know. Maybe it is, and maybe it probably has to be, and to some extent because he's the only kind of new piece here. Mm-hmm. But did Julius Randall? I don't know. Transformation. Yeah, transformation. Yeah. Or or. I don't know. Reversion back to who he was two years ago. Yeah, get look at it that year, way too, right? True. That that's that along with Brunson have to be the two catalysts. Yeah, because it does feel a lot different. Yeah, it looks different Knicks too. That's
1: good. At, you know, I, listen when somebody walks in the locker room every every night like Brunson does, with his you know with his head up, but also his head down, get ready mm-hmm. to get to work. And then you know he's there an hour after, and he's banging in, you know jump shots, and the game starts, and he, he you know, he's. Pretty much the smallest guy. on the I mean, he's tough, but yeah. he's not tall or, or you know overly muscular. And he's throwing his his shoulders right in harm's way. He leads the league and charges. By the way, yeah, six one one ninety. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then you you throw in the fact that you can you can gas you for forty any night when you've got the the production with the no na- nonsense attitude. That's going to trickle down to the young kids mm-hmm. and some vets who may have been on the fence there. Maybe like a Randall. So I think there's a lot of different reasons. Let's get Matty on Staten Island. What's up, Matt? How are you? Hey, guys. Big fan. Uh, Just have three quick points.
5: Uh, The first point I have, I'm on the fence with you uh, uh, with regard to going to the finals, but I think they're going to be a very tough out. Uh, I don't want to pile up on the guy. It's become low-hanging fruit with regards to him, but R.J. Barrett simply isn't good enough. Uh, His shooting is um, streaky at best, and uh, what I think they should do, and I think, we should have the return of the prodigal son. I believe he has a player option next year. I would look to get Porzingis back in New York. <laughs> I know we, I'm serious. I know we, 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 we tend to overrate our players, our homegrown players. Yeah. But this guy has been repenting about his issues in New York. Yep. I think that would be a great front line. Well, it's and interesting. Regard- you know, it's
2: interesting, Matt, Maddie. Hold on before you move on to your next point. It's interesting yeah, when you think sure. about Porzingis because at the time, I, like, I kind of was with BT, who was like, you know, F Porzingis. I don't oh. want to see his name again. I'm burning his jersey. But I didn't, I I'm not a jersey. But I didn't have one. You know what I'm saying? Or his, fat, did, his fat head. head his down. fat head. But I almost son. felt like that was a product of Phil, right? And and like the disconnect that he had with not necessarily the Knicks. and I maybe just misreading it, but it was. It almost felt like it was a organization, you know, understanding problem as opposed to I don't want to be in New York problem right and so that makes it somewhat forgivable if you position it that way
5: and he admitted his error of his ways of how he went out and I think one of the main issues with the Knicks is their three-point shooting it's doing well now and that brings me to Brunson I I I underrated him as well I didn't think he would be this good I don't think anybody did but what he did work on what he what they were saying was he's not a great three-point shooter he's shooting 40% from three now yeah I think it's 42
2: I think he's 42% from 3 this year which is at least four ticks above his average. So yeah, he's just he's become better. Mm-hmm. And you know, given the role that the, the Knicks needed him to play, he's shining in it.
1: There's nothing to I even mean, you, you give him credit, dude. Give him all the credit in the world. I would love to see poor Porzingis come back too. I that would, I would love to see KP come back. I think we have unfinished business with KP. Uh, we thought he was going to be the franchise savior. And by what the way, what was wrong with what was wrong in Dallas with Chris, with Chris Dapps? Um First of all, he just floats a little bit too much on the perimeter, and yeah. I mean, yeah, like he's yeah, I don't know that he's ever found that great balance of being a little more inside. Although he was before he blew up his knee, he was a, a fierce rim protector. He was yeah. he, all the metrics bore that out. He's, he's a still great only, defensive he's player. he's still only twenty seven, and it's his best NBA season. By the way, it's he's having his best NBA season. He's averaging most points he's ever averaged. He's averaging the second most rebounds that he's ever averaged. Uh, And efficiency wise, he's through the roof, man. You know, he's always going to be.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 82, 83, 84% for the stripe.
1: Mm-hmm. You 49% overall which would be a career high. When he was at the Knicks, he shot 42%, 45%, 43%. And then with Dallas, it was 42.7. He's back up to 49. Yeah. Like, KP has become... I'm just looking at his stats,
2: too. 37% from three-point range, taking five and a half a game. Yeah. So, I mean, he still wants to float around the perimeter. Yeah, but... Well, I mean, is that okay? Like if it, I can't. I know, that's, it's, so, it's, it's all speculative. Obviously, if Chris Dabbs uh came back, and it won't happen until next season. But mm-hmm. if it did happen, that would be interesting.
1: All right. Edwin's up in Newburgh. What's going on, Edwin? How are you today?
4: Hey, B.T. Hey. In two weeks, when the Nick on the losing streak, are you going to have the same energy? Keep <laughs> clapping and then big time this whole year.
1: Always have energy. I am never without energy, whether it's, you know, <laughs> Positive or negative, I always have energy. So know. the answer is yes. I don't know if you've been flip-flopping. I think it's the wrong way to position it. Yeah, well, I, why don't you defend don't, your partner a little bit here? I don't know, I don't know if we've like actually way. had
2: a Knicks conversation this year. Not like, a, not like a, a whole hour conversation. We haven't had an hour conversation well, on the Knicks not, this season. Not with the Jets and the Giants. There's, there's no chance that we did. I know for a fact that we haven't because we have too much other stuff going on. Yeah, I'm just defending him. Hold on, Edwin. I'm defending BT because I don't think he's been on the Knicks suck bandwagon. Uh for the last two months. I think he means Twitter. Oh, He's Twitter. probably responded to some tweets. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah mm-hmm. that,
4: that, I follow you on Twitter. That's why uh, I get a lot of I don't
2: I don't, I don't I don't pay attention to Twitter. <laughs> well, maybe, you, <laughs> maybe you can't defend me as aggressively with some of my tweets. Exactly. I'm just no, talking I mean, about listen. what I know.
1: What I know listen. is what I hear on air. Thank you, Teek. Edwin, let me just tell you like <laughs> the thing the thing that and I like I don't hide from these tweets. You have to understand. Here's how I view Twitter. And I understand. Everything's screen grabbed. Everything's documented. Everything's in the addles of digital content. Got it. When I tweet something at that moment, I feel that, and that's it. <laughs> and sometimes it changes. By the way, would you say that's on you. Twitter? I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like that
4: with my with my baseball team. But then, but then, uh, I hear you. Then I hear you. I was saving you on the end. I'm glad you got the next time the championship game. Uh that's a rough one. Okay. All right. But uh, we said luck, though. Yeah. Even though they beat my
2: team last night. Oh, oh, now we guys? get down to it. Right, You're man, a Nets I fan. Let me now see if we I get can to the bottom
7: of it. Dig up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Digging up your tweets? I'm
1: trying to find I me. Mean, I don't, you
2: know, let's see. I, I mean, but usually if you tweet something heavy, yeah. it makes its way on air. Onto the show? Yeah. That's true. So uh, I don't know if it's anything heavy. Maybe some see. subtle frustrations you've shown on Twitter. Uh, I don't think it's anything.
1: Nick suck. We're not going anywhere. No, 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 no. There, now. I listen. I was a little critical. I wanted to see a move at the deadline. Uh, here's Roger stuff. Here's that great tweet that I put about you, which, by the way, garnered <laughs> a lot you, of you. traction. Thank you. Thank that's you. That's going to be the first step into getting Tiki in the Hall of Fame. Started here, uh, as it should. Yeah, hundred percent. Tiki and Tierney. WFA that's right. Here. Boom's breaking the the uh, Keith Hernandez news. Mm-hmm. Something about the Jets. Obviously, a lot of Super Bowl stuff. Blah blah blah. Not many Nick tweets up until. Mm. Um, now I'm going back to so what R- we're saying is that was manufactured hate. Congratulations to Ron. They, no, no, I, I have tweeted about the Knicks, and I will certainly give Edward Yeah, but not negative like that. No, no, but like uh, you, if you want to say like vacillating, you could say that a little bit. All right, here, here we go. The last Nick tweet that I had was February 9th. Okay, all right, and I tweeted payroll rank this season 21st, next season 15th, 24, 25, 17th. You have six first round picks the next three years. The Knicks play hard. And they're competitive nightly. They have young ascending pieces. They're a high-level trade away from being a team nobody wants to see in the playoffs. Go for it. Mm. So, I mean, there's no inconsistency there.
2: Yeah. Hoff is reminding yeah. me what that did, a couple of weeks find, ago, you said, you
1: said <laughs> yeah. this, is, this was on air. This was not on Twitter. Oh, okay. This was on air. And I don't remember this. Well, unless we have audio, I can possibly refute this and hope that nobody remembers. <laughs> Go
2: ahead. You said... Uh, according to Hoff. Yeah, well. Not me. I don't remember this. But according gotcha.
1: to Hoff. Well, how do you not remember you it said, if I, I said it? I don't know. Because it
2: wasn't profound enough
1: for me. Or you were just
2: looking at something else in a rabbit hole yes, in the door mate. Yes. I was yeah, probably, probably figuring out, you know, what Valentine's the Day is all table. about. Um the <laughs> <Zachary, you> Got it <laughs> right. What was it? You said, the Knicks are the farthest team from winning a championship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, but that was hold on a second. That was around the give me the context of the conversation. Now Hoff? hold on. Hoff? Hold on. Wait, wait. Can you wait. can you provide
2: some context, Hoff? I'm looking for it now. I don't we remember play. this.
1: I don't remember this. All right, I do it was like It was the lead stuff. of the show. You don't remember the oh God. Yeah, I remember this. You gotta remember though, it was about first of all, it was while Kyrie and Katie were still here. Okay, boom. Oh,
2: this is what oh I
1: see. This was after the Giants season ended. This was when
2: they lost to the Nets. Is that what no, you're talking about? No,
1: we were just having a general New York sports like, where are we with these teams? Oh, Giants yes, are moving up. This. The Jets might get Rogers. This. The Jets are moving up. I remember up. this now. I mean, the Rangers are always viable. But the that, Isles but just made a trade. The Nets have okay, hold Kyrie. on. Time the out. Yankees and the Mets, 101, okay. 101 wins for the Mets. Hoff, 90, I you mean, misrep- so it's not you, that crazy.
2: Hoff, you misrepresented this of to me. Of course he did. Because you're saying it like the Knicks are the worst team. He wants me to look bad. The Knicks are the worst team in the NBA. They're never winning a championship. Now I remember what you said. Of course, you said of all the teams in
1: New York, yep. the Knicks were the farthest away from winning. I a did championship. say that shit, but that's. But con- I'm also not saying they're going to win the championship today. I'm but, just saying they're going to mess around and, and give teams a real fight. And
2: in context, that's different than saying the Knicks suck. Of
1: course it is. But you know, come on, see Hoff. he's low on material. Come on, Hoff. so he's got to search for things. And Dude, he's got I'm, a- I'm worried about guy thing or not a guy thing. I today. mean, come on, huh <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why would you do that? Mm. Why would you do that to me? What, why would I do
7: that? Yeah. You just, you I'm just telling
1: you what you said. You said that the Knicks were the furthest away from winning a championship. Mm. And now they're making the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, things change. Josh Hart. Well, they might just get lucky. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The bots. George Steinbrenner, who passed away earlier today at the age of 80. And uh, as a Met fan, I was always envious of the Yankees because of Steinbrenner, who I have nothing but tremendous respect for. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 1145. It is the Fantique and Tierney Show coming up next uh, noon. We're going to go all in, but look at this. Total Baseball here. Big Dog is in the house, C.C. Sabathia.
8: Morning, guys. This is the first time I'm, like, in person with you guys. I know. This is I, nice. I don't think it's you about ever, time. I don't think you've ever been in studio, even
2: when we were on the national show. No, nope, never. You've never been in studio. It was just always over the phone. Yeah. So, always it was good. Phone. We did Zoom one time. Yeah, Zoom. Really, we did zoom that's one different time. than, like, sitting in the studio yeah. and actually feeling one another.
8: It's better energy.
2: Was, and,
1: by the way, you like the signs? It's the Tierney Show. You noticed that, right?
8: <laughs> <laughs> they left Tiki's it. Day Ball.
1: <laughs> they,
2: they, they did. You're on a little bit of a media tour with the Players Alliance. Mm-hmm. Tell us what this is because we know that black participation – um at the young ages has fallen off a lot what, mm-hmm. what are you guys trying to do you and edwin diaz and i know curtis Grandison is out there with you guys it was edwin's baby but w- tell us what the what is the players alliance
8: yeah so the players alliance is, is started in uh the summer of 2020 really in the in the wake of the murder of george floyd and you know a lot of players were posting stuff and different things like that and you know we kind ca- we came together it was edwin jackson um Uh, Cameron Mabin and D Gordon, we were like, you know, we're tired of posting stuff. Like, let's try to really make a difference. Um, And we came together and and formed the Players Alliance. And um, during 2020, the end of that year, through players' money only, like, we got funded by the players. We went on a 36-city tour um, with partner with pull up neighbor and we were, you know, passing out baseball equipment, but it was also a time where people needed COVID supplies and food. So Mm -hmm. we were also, you know, helping out in the community doing that stuff. Um, You know, for us, we want to just see, you know, the number is 7% in, in the big leagues right now. And when I was playing, I thought it was because, you know, it was no participation in the black community. That's not true. Kids are playing and playing at a high level. We just need to get them the opportunities to be seen yeah. um, in some of these bigger tournaments and um, the equipment, you know, to be able to keep up with some of these other kids. So um, that's really the mission of the Players' Alliance, is to see uh, more black and brown kids and people uh, throughout the organization, not just grassroots, you know, front office, uh, working in the stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for me, I always, I'll, like, for me, I just want to create more fans in the community, you know, whether that's, you know, bringing in, like, you um, like uh, um, I'm trying to think of a, a place in, in Harlem, like um, Sylvia's, like yeah. Sylvia's or something, and bring it to the stadium so people can come and like feel connected. You know what uh, I'm saying? Like yeah. some of these different restaurants to like actually build baseball fans. Um, Red Rooster, you know, some of these different places. I think it'd be a lot of fun if we could put those places in the stadiums around the country and get the black community back at the baseball. Well, park. you make it familiar. You make it something that they're that they're used to or something that they feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I think.
2: It's funny because we often talk about the lack of young black athletes playing baseball, and we want to say it's just because the sport is boring, and that's not that's not the case. <laughs> it seems like it's economic. Yeah. It seems like they simply don't have the money for the equipment, which you just talked about, but also the tournaments mm-hmm. and the AA like all this, all these big you know organizations. It costs money to be a part of. You, you get can't just
8: be good. Yeah, you get priced out of it. You know, Little League, you know, the price, they keep the cost pretty much down. You know, it's, it's under 100 bucks Most of the time it's 75 to mm-hmm. 25 to 75 bucks. When you turn 13, you get on the big field. Now you have to travel, and now it's all travel balls. No real leagues for these kids from 13 to 18. You know what I'm saying? 13 to 17. So, um, you know, for us at the Players' Alliance, it's up to us to create that space for these kids to be able to have a free place to go and, and, and enjoy the game. And
1: by the way, it's not, i are talking to CeCe Sabathia here on the show, it's not even just the travel, which is a huge impediment for a lot of people. Just look at the price of a bat. Yeah. I mean, when I was young, I would have a black badge. I'd have it for two years, depending upon <laughs> if I grew out of it, whatever. I mean, you've got these, the two-piece alloys.
8: They're $349, 449 What was, the, what 449 was you buy. And then they put the $449. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make dollars 500. <laughs> I know, you're not helping me. you got to buy it anyway.
1: You just had to buy a bat for Colt, right? Well, Isn't Santa it? did, of course. Santa acquired a bat for yeah, Colt. Yeah, he <laughs> did. It's true. It's crazy. So I think that, and, and it's funny because growing up, we're about the same age. So seven percent blacks in the game now, but back then, whether if you were a hitter, you had Jim Rice. Mm-hmm. If you were a pitcher, you had Doc. Before that, you had Gibson. You had Vita Blue. Who are the guys that you look to? Because we tend to gravitate toward our own as kids, because we just we kind of see like we see somebody who looks like us, mm-hmm. and we're like we can do it. And I don't think it's dissimilar too. And I, I don't think it's bad to say this. People are afraid to. But if you're a white point guard. And there's no white guards in the NBA. You're going to probably at some point say, "I don't know if I can make it, man." Cause mm-hmm. I don't see myself out there. Who are the guys that you looked at and said, "That's who I want to be."
8: You know what? It was Dave Stewart, mm-hmm. and he walked Smoke, into my right? he walked into my boys and girls club when I was nine years old. Yeah. And it wasn't even watching him on the field. Okay, it was him coming to my boys and girls club. He came in for like 30 minutes, signed autographs, and it changed my life. Like I like I became a baseball fan that day. When I, when I met him. And, and for me, I wanted to, one, be a baseball player. I wanted to be the ace of the Oakland A's. <laughs> and then, two, I wanted to have the same effect that he had coming back to the hood on, on me, on another kid. So I've always you know, wanted to be present in the community because of that that encounter that I had with Dave at nine years old. So, it was Dave Stewart and Barry Bonds with my guys. Ricky Henderson, obviously. Yeah. But but the, my two were Dave Dave Stewart and Barry Bonds. Are you still friendly with him? I am. Him still? He I was am. an agent I, for a long time, he was, right? a, he was an agent for a long time. And I actually just got a chance to hang out with him, uh at Reggie Jackson's uh, golf event. So, for me, it's still like hanging out with my heroes. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. anytime I'm around Barry Bonds or Ken Griffey Jr. or even Reggie Jackson, it's these are the guys that turned me into a baseball player. He, he, not, guy, he, got it. he
1: says Reggie. Wait, wait, wait,
8: wait, wait. We got a little issue. You got a Reggie story? Of Re- no, of
1: no, course. we got an issue. With Reggie's a turncoat. Reggie's not a Yankee anymore. Well, Reggie, what
8: in the world does I mean, Reggie Jackson do? He was doing? an angel. He was a boy. <laughs> he, he was an Oreo. He yeah. was an A. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, yeah, he, oh he doesn't God. need
2: Dave Stewart as he, an agent because his wife, he's an agent
8: now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How is Amber? Yeah. She's doing good. She's doing really well. It keeps her busy. You know, she's uh She's doing it, man. She she kind of uh, took over the role of being my agent at the end of my career. So it's just been a natural progression to her for her to turn into, you know, an agent at CAA. So it's been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, you're talking about, you know, when Dave Stewart came into the hood over there with you and your kid. But this is why you started Pitch In, right? Mm-hmm. This is exactly what you and Amber are trying to accomplish. This is get back into the communities. I know you do it out west in, uh, in Vallejo where you guys are from, but also here. Right, building fields and giving backpack drives, all those things. I mean your impact, you are doing that. Right. I know you saw it when you were a kid, but you are actually doing it and that's a commend that's commendable for you.
8: Thank you. I'm trying. and just for me, like I said, I just wanna be visible. Like I don't wanna throw money at things. Like if it's something if I'm having something in the Bronx, I wanna show up. If I'm having something in Vallejo, I wanna show up. So if I'm having something in Cleveland, I wanna show up. So um you know, that, though, that's really important to me is is to be present at, at these things.
2: Dude, how do you have time? I mean, you're working. I don't. You got pitch in. Now you're doing the Players Alliance stuff. <laughs> Follow with, with the Sun. is stud uh, here. Yes, exactly. Little C. He's not little anymore. Little <laughs> C is out at Georgia Tech about the players' first game. You got, you know, you're working for the commish. You, yeah. got, a, you got an office with a view. <laughs> I mean, how do you have time to do all this stuff, bro? You know
8: what? It's just kind of like my life. People always say, like, what are you doing? Like you Like, your life is crazy, but it's. This is kind of like what I'm used to. Amber keeps everything in a calendar, tells me where I need to be, dresses me right, and then I just I be on my way. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Uh, you're a huge Raiders fan. Huge Raiders gone. fan.
8: They did him dirty. He's not going to help him Did they do him, him
1: dirty? Yeah, they benched him. They
2: no, they didn't him. Go ahead. He didn't want him, BT. He didn't
8: want him. No, it's not even that I didn't want him. Like For me... When when you get benched, like you just leave the team, you know what I'm saying? Like why you couldn't have been there to help out Jared Stidham or you know? Why they bench
1: him? Because Jared Stidham, it wasn't
8: working, oh, and Jared Stidham had a great game.
1: Yeah, a yeah. great no, game. Here we go. Stay <laughs> <great>. <laughs> he, had a, he had a great game. Uh, so Derek Carr, I'm, listen, I think it's going to be Rogers. I need it to be Rogers. I need but it to be if, Rogers. If it's Carr. Can he handle what this city's all about? Oh, here in New York. Yeah. Now Who thought uh, you made Rogers? to? Oh, I thought you made oh, Rodgers no, to, to the you know, Raiders. Like, why? Because Devontae <laughs> Adams, these boys?
8: Exactly. You're Rodgers. We're getting him. But if we don't, can Derek Carr handle New York? Uh, I, I mean, that's that's always a question for any athlete. Can You've they handle New York? Time. You know what I'm saying? What do you think? Give it the, I, don't give me a you, tap dance. No, can no, he handle I, this? I think, I think he'll stand in front of his locker and answer questions honestly. And I think that's all you can ask for as an athlete playing in New York. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Fair. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I th- and I think, and I told you, I think emotional. he'll be good here. He might get a little emotional. And that that may be a problem. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting a little emotional, but I, but he'll he'll stand there and ask, answer uh, all the questions truthfully, and that's all you can ask for. Is, I mean, you know, yeah, standing standing in front of your locker with the New York media, and just you know, wearing it when you when you play well, and not taking all the wearing it when you play bad, and not taking all the credit when you play well. We, we, did they I
2: have, have you, the? Bad. Just get back to get the baseball real quick because some of the rule changes that are, that are coming down. Did they have the? The runner on on in extra innings. Did they have that the advance? No, I started in twenty
8: twenty. So it was after you. It was so after you. Did, yeah. You didn't have it. No, but, but, which, but I love which, it though. By
1: the way, it's permanent now. They just announced yeah, yeah, I love that. extra innings moving forward.
8: So it's permanent you love this. Love that. We too. We don't get paid for extra we don't get paid for <laughs> overtime, guys. <laughs> no time in hand CC. Let's get this game <laughs> over with. <keep laughs> and it most up. of the time, like whoever pitches those extra inning games, the guy gets sent down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he gets penalized yeah, for that. So let's get the game over with and keep our roster intact and you know, not penalize a guy for pitching two or three innings in, in, in extra. And so you gets some strategy,
1: innings. too. It's almost like the old school stuff. You know, I'm not saying you're going to go hitting and run, and, and, and everybody's going to
8: purposely but hit behind a runner. You gonna butt the runner over. You know what I mean? You I kind of that. You Hell. get to see the strategy. <laughs> yeah. The, and, and a lot of the times, the, the home team end up winning the game anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, the, the, the visiting team scores a run, but the home team always comes back mm-hmm. and scores a run or two. So, most it works pressure. out. Most
1: pressure. Give me the, um, which Yankee has the most pressure going into the season?
8: On him, can you see a Rodon? Can you see a? Well, that has got to be judge, judge right? to replicate. Judge, where are we with no, this? I mean, I think it's all of them, right? Like they've came, they've kind of fallen short, though. You know, even since I've been there since 2017 against this Astros organization. So I think the pressure's on everybody in that clubhouse. I think they're all feeling it. But um, for me, if I had to pick one person, it, it, for me for the season, it would be Luis Severino because mm. we oh, we need, wow. need Sevy to be healthy. He's, he's an ace when he's healthy. Yeah. He just hasn't been able to pitch, you know, 30 starts for us during the season. But if he can do that for us, I feel really good about, what, you know, what this team would be able to do. Can I? Now, listen, we speak freely on the show. (laughs) Don't go to MVT. Don't go there. I respect Cashman. (laughs) Cashman's
1: driving driving me nuts. So he goes on Chicago Station last week. Yankee fans are overreacting. Yankee fans are spoiled. The Yankees are the ones who established this championship or failure mindset. Now, I think that that's ridiculous. It's hard to win. It's hard to win. I (laughs) I get that. There's got to be balance, man. But when you lose the same way to the same team every year, like they do to the Astros, and you don't address the holes with it. This
8: us. year wasn't the same way. I don't, I don't they they kind of kicked it, our butt this year. Well, yeah? that's true. It wasn't
1: even close. Was worse. this year, yeah. And it, they hit 162 against the Guardians. So I know he got the extension. I know he's done a good job here. Cashman's got to get a grip on what he tells us what we're saying. What, what, it's like he's trying to tell us that we're seeing something that we're not seeing. See, like, this, is, this me is why Cash won't
2: come on our show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey,
8: he appreciates the honesty. Come on, I know you're well, a straight I, shooter. I mean, but yeah, but I, I think I'm kind of with him, though because this team is good enough to win. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's it's are been they one. Of, are they? I, really? I think they are. Really? I mean, but like, what else would you want to do? Left field? You know what I'm saying? Left field. A little more contact. A little more speed. I mean, that's better every- shortstop, better third
1: baseman. Should I keep going? There's yeah, a lot of things we can change. <laughs> yeah, Tiki's right. That's why I'm always like, Yo, T, get your boy Cece on the show. He's like, I don't know if I want. Yeah, you can
8: start growing up with this stuff, man. I don't know. I I mean, actually, I, he
2: works for the league now. He I do, work for the Yankees. but he's you know, a Yankee. I
8: do. I am a Yankee. I do think that they are good enough to win. I do, and I, and I, but and I think that we were good enough to win in 2017. You know what I'm saying? That this I is, agree with. I think we were good enough to win in 2019. It's just some of these different so, things. So what's, so what's the X it's factor? Hard.
2: Like you go back to 09 when you first got here. Like what is the X factor? Because there has to be something, right, that, I think, that gives you that edge over whoever the opponent is. We're talking about the Astros, but whoever it is. What is the X factor? Because that's kind of what Yankee fans are longing for.
8: Yeah, I think our X factor in 09 was our pitching staff. Was you know was, so therefore
2: Seve was,
8: that's why you talk about it. it was the big three it was me AJ and and Andy mm-hmm. you know what I mean so if you have Sevy, Rondon and Garrett Cole I feel really good about them you know pitching a whole season and getting into the postseason you know if you look at the teams that have won the World Series the past couple of years you know everybody goes to the opener and they have. You know, these short stints with the starters and all that stuff. But the teams that win mm-hmm. have three, two or three starters that go deep into the game that can save the bullpen, that can pitch deep into October.
1: Here's what the Yanks, and we're going to let you get going here in a second. I could do this all day and mm-hmm. just pepper you with stuff. I think Yankee fans loving it. Cece's with us here on the show, by the way. But I think what's been missing is maybe an odd way to describe it, but lineup character. And what I mean by that is, like when the Yankees first won in '96, O'Neill, Boggs, these guys grinding out at bats, ball four, ten pitch at bats. Yeah.
8: No, 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 you're right. And I this mean, team doesn't have but that. You, enough. But, but if if Benintendi's not hurt and DJ's in that lineup, yep. the lineup's a lot different. I in agree October. With that. I do agree with so that. So they made the moves last year. They just they ended up getting hurt. Yeah. But if Benny's in that lineup and you got a, a healthy DJ, mm-hmm. that lineup top to bottom is completely different. And now you're not worried about what IKF is doing at the plate. You just need him catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So I it's, do, I it's get just. That. Injury. You think is going to make the team? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen much of Volpe play. I, yeah. I, I know Peraza's really good. remember last time good. we talked to you, you said the same thing. Yeah, I you haven't, haven't seen, I hadn't him seen him play yet. Yeah, um, So I'm looking forward to getting him down to spring training and putting eyes on him and let see. Me get you, let me get two league-wide things around you that are coming as well. The pitch clock. You mm-hmm. love it? You hate it? I love it. I think hitters are going to be mad about the pitch <laughs> clock. Pitchers are going to find a way to speed hitters up. You know what I'm saying? They'll find a way to get extra time, whether it's have the catcher hold on to the ball or – do whatever before you throw it back, but I think it's going to help um, with just not so much the time of the game, mm-hmm. just speeding up and getting to the action. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I think with the pitch clock, it's going the velocity is going to drop because guys can't just throw the ball as hard as they can. Take 30 seconds, walk around the mound, and get back on there and hump up. So I think velocity is going to drop. You're going to see more contact, and with the shift, yeah, being gone, that was the second. One I was see more, more balls being put in play. You see more action on the bases. So you think like this it. is going to
2: hurt? starting pitchers or really all pitchers because of the lack of velocity. Like they just can't like we I'm thinking I don't back, think it's I'm, gonna... I'm, I'm thinking back to, you know, uh DeGrom last year against Atlanta, uh down in Atlanta. I was at the game. And he just kept throwing fastball. It was 102, 100, 99. I mean he didn't do anything else. Like he's not gonna be able to do that with the pitch clock.
8: Yeah, I think you have to learn how to pitch in and out again. Like guys gonna have to learn how to move the ball to all four different quadrants. Right now, guys just throw the balls literally as hard as they can. For seventy-five to eighty pitches, and then they'll get the next guy to come in and do the same thing. I think with the pitch clock, it's going to get back to you having to learn how to pitch, having stamina, and being able to move the ball in and out. I know, hey, I know,
2: you got to go, but I got to ask you: Nestor Cortez, can he replicate what he did last year? He was my favorite story of the Yankees. Absolutely,
8: last season. I think for, with Nestor, all it is is just the velocity. If he's throwing over ninety-two, he's going to be hard to hit. Look at big dog CC. <laughs> Looking good, man. Appreciate you.
1: Next time we'll get you, we'll hit you with some more stuff. <laughs> All right, we'll start talking about house stuff, man. The air,
8: the air Roger to the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs>
1: CC, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it,
8: of man. Of course.
1: All right, there you go, CC. Really appreciate that. We'll get a chance to react to it 877 337 6666. All in as well. That's coming up next. Guy thing, not a guy thing, a little later. Bogus update right now.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.